my fellow Americans, your long national nightmare is over. After five, yeah, we're going to call it five months off the air, the Stone Cold Sports Blog podcast is back. This is episode, I'm going to guess 13. I feel like we're at 13 or 14, somewhere in that neighborhood. We're probably not. We might actually be at 15 now. It should be a milestone episode. I have no idea. But what we're going to do is we're going to continue and power through this. Busy weekend upcoming in college football. Very busy weekend. Very important weekend. All Power 5 Conference Championship games. Who's going to win and what will the playoff look like? Find out on this episode of Stone Cold Sports Talk. seen anything like that as i mentioned at the top of the show we're back i'm luke stone joining me to my right is jay banzett joining me also to my right but kind of in between me and jay but put a little further back in the uh in the very cramped studios we have we're gonna have to expand boys is uh taft gant so busy weekend in college football last weekend couple major upsets alabama going down to auburn again Auburn is uh, now undefeated against Alabama in Jordan-Hare Stadium when they when both teams are ranked. Obviously, Bama out of playoff contention now, which means we're basically down to six teams. Six teams in contention. Seven. All of them in at seven? Seven. Seven teams in contention. All of them are in action this weekend. The conference championships get underway at 8 o'clock on Friday night on ABC, which is a change, right? Yes. Yes, Friday, 8 o'clock, ABC, Oregon... The 10-2 Oregon Ducks will play the 11-1 Utah Utes, who are the number six team in the nation. Oregon is number 14. Oregon there uh, had a loss to Arizona State that put them out of playoff contention. Um, Utah very much still in contention, but they need a couple of things to fall their way, given how the rankings stand right now. Obviously, a lot more will be known about the rankings once they come out on Tuesday night. We're recording before this, but we're going to go into this with the assumption that after this week, Oklahoma is ahead of Utah? Is that the... Yes, because they have a top 25 win this past week over Oklahoma State. And that is why Oklahoma will be in the playoff, which we'll get to later, because they took down Oklahoma State, who is 21 in the nation, and then they are going to beat Baylor, who is 9 in the nation, on Saturday. Let's slow down there, Taff. we got, we, we got a while to get there. Um, so Friday night, Justin Herbert, one of the best quarterbacks in the draft class, top top three or four uh, uh, quarterback in the class of 2020 uh, for the NFL draft. Um, Typical Oregon quarterback, relatively speaking. Really good arm. Can kill you with his feet when he wants to. A little bit undersized, kind of weird flowing hair. Um, He's he's deadly accurate, though. I love watching him throw football. Absolutely deadly accurate. Uh, Utah, six-point favorite right now. Jay, what's uh, what's your prediction for this game? This one's really hard to predict because both of these teams, the Pac-12 conference as a whole, you don't really see them play that much throughout the year because their games start at 10.30 p.m. And frankly, I like to go to bed at a decent hour. Um, so I've only watched Utah play once and Oregon play twice. Um, but part something part of me just says that Utah just is going to get to a big stage and just blow it. Um, but also Oregon did the same thing two weeks ago against Arizona State and lost. So I... Utah is currently a six-point favorite, um, but I, I got a feeling the Ducks will pull this one out in the last two or three minutes on the arm of Justin Herbert. Taft. Utah is definitely playing for a lot. They are currently on a eight-game win streak, and they're very hot. 
But more importantly, if they win, they have a chance at making the college football playoff. I think that will motivate them to go and get a W over Oregon on Friday night. I say it's 28-24 Utes. All right. As Jay said, there is very little that you know about Utah and Oregon because you you know it's Pac-12 after dark madness. There's always one team that kind of randomly, um, uh, always randomly kind of has some weird result on a Friday night. In Utah's case, it was a loss against USC, who was Jay told me last night ranked at the time. Apparently, USC was ranked before this season, and they're currently ranked right now for some yeah some reason. I don't I don't understand that, but um, I'm gonna level completely with you. I don't think I can name a player on Utah's roster. Zach, I, Zach Moss is their running back, and that's yeah, Zach basically Moss. it. That, and Tyler Huntley's a decent quarterback, and outside of those two, I don't know anybody. I've heard a little bit about Zach Moss. I know Tyler Huntley, Huntley's name. So I know nothing about Utah. Here's what I know about Oregon. I watched them play against Arizona State. That was my, my sample size on Oregon. For the record, I do actually watch college football. I'm just a sleepyhead, so I don't really stay up until... Uh, the wee hours of morning to watch mediocre Pac-12 football. Um, Very mediocre. I'm with Jay. I'm going to say not only does Oregon cover the spread, I think Oregon wins that right here, um, mostly because the committee doesn't want to put Utah in, and they might have to, so there's always some mysterious way that some team happens to blow it. I'm not implying it's rigged. I don't think it's rigged. I just think that Pac-12 teams are wildly inconsistent, and that's why they don't really deserve to make the playoff. Um, So with that, I'm going to go ahead and take Oregon – that's a Pac-12 championship game. It could get a little scory. Let's say Oregon 31-27. I'll offer Oregon. I'll go even a little bit higher. I'll go Oregon 38-27 over Utah. Wow. I'll go 11 points. You're going yes. for a flip spread. You're saying Oregon is basically an 11-point yes. favorite in your mind. That's, yes. that's a 17-point swing right there, ladies and gentlemen. I think U- you Utah is going to scrunch under a big stage. And Oregon, having already played against Auburn and Arizona State, albeit not doing so well in those games. In prime time, they'll do much better in this one after learning from their mistakes. So, so are you saying that Utah is maybe a little bit like a another team that you're fond of, the Michigan Wolverines that always manages to find a way to crumble in a hey, big stage? Hey, 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 hey! You're just gonna keep saying no, that. Notre Dame came to Ann Arbor this year and got whooped. That's true. Okay, that's true. Ohio State is, by every statistical measure, the best team in the country. Number one offense, number one defense. With three potential Heisman finalists on their team, Michigan has yep. nobody that even sniffs in New York. Um, and Don Brown just gets whooped and just out-executed every year. The last two years, the quote-unquote like a top-five defensive coordinator in the country has given up an average of 59 points a game to Ohio State. This is sad. That's bad. Um, and it, it's – last year – I turned the Michigan-Ohio State game off at the end of the third quarter when Michigan was actually favored to win, and they were number four, and Ohio State was number 10, and they should have won, and it was supposed to be the end of the streak, and blah, blah, blah. And this year, the first quarter was close, halftime was a little less close, and then the second half, I just also turned it off. So, uh, I'm just sick of watching Michigan and Ohio State. It's... It's a rivalry because of like the heated and just like the blood boiling, but it's not a rivalry in the sense that it's a competitive football game. Kind of like uh, Florida, Florida State is becoming, some might say. Um, all right, we'll move on to the next game on the schedule. From Pac-12 to Big 12, uh, we hop across the nation from Levi's Stadium in Santa Clara to 
AT&T Stadium in Arlington, Texas. Jerry World, Oklahoma, 11-1 against 11-1 Baylor. Obviously, Oklahoma overcoming the 28-3 lead uh, that the Bears held in the second quarter um, when Oklahoma won that game and uh, kept its season alive, basically. Jalen Hurts versus Charlie Brewer. Uh, it's just going to be one heck of an offensive uh, an offensive battle between uh, Matt Rule and Lincoln Riley, two very hot young coaches. Yes. Um, I mean that... Just fill in the blanks. Um, I mean that in the I mean that in the very the hot commodity, good, talented young coach. You know, never mind. Uh, Oklahoma is a nine point favorite. Uh, over under is sixty two, which it's the Big Twelve. That's Take a the over. Yeah. Um, Jay, who's your uh, who's your pick for this game? May I remind you, the last time these two teams played, Oklahoma won at Baylor without its best overall player in CD Lamb. Uh, CD Lamb is a essentially guaranteed first-round pick at wide receiver. In my mind, the second best in the country, and he just ask, just asked Texas what he does to opposing secondaries. So I think this game, it'll be close in the first half, but Oklahoma's going to find it, find its stride in the second half and blow it open, I think. I, I don't know. I'm, th- I'm thinking it may hit the 40s what, in terms 40s of points. Both ways? Not both ways. Oh. I'm thinking give me OU 45, Baylor 35. Taft? This one's tough for me because the Sooners struggled in their previous matchup versus Baylor. But for the same reason that I picked Utah, I'm also going to have to go with Oklahoma. They're just playing for much more. If they win, they could possibly and should be in the college football playoff. So I'm going to go Sooners. I think it's going to be high scoring too, maybe 40 to 40-34. 42-34, something around there. I'm going to go Oklahoma as well. Um, this is setting up to be a very college game day, like, you know, all Oklahoma across the board and then yeah. upset kind of game potentially. Uh, I just, I'm with Jay. I think Oklahoma um, just kind of has Baylor beaten at all different spots on the field. Um, trying to pull up defensive stats real quick. I don't know if Oklahoma's defense is less terrible than Baylor's defense is. Um, which is the way that you measure Big 12 defenses. Uh, Oklahoma Baylor. is up there. Baylor, yeah, Oklahoma has a better defense than Baylor. I think the offense is more talented. Jalen Hurts is more versatile. Um, Lincoln Riley is the better coach. Yeah, I, I don't see any reason why Oklahoma should lose this game, especially with a chance at a second straight college football playoff bid. Um, or third straight now? Yeah. Yes, third straight. Yeah, with a chance at a third straight college football playoff bid on the line. Um, I think Oklahoma, I think Oklahoma relatively easily. I'll say Oklahoma 48, Baylor 31. The big thing, Oklahoma cannot turn the ball over. They've the last they couple of weeks. They didn't do that against Oklahoma State. They did that against Oklahoma State, and they still only won by I think it was a dozen points, 11, 12 points. Yeah. So they they cannot turn the ball over like they did at Baylor because frankly, I, I'm still questioning how they won that game in in Waco a couple weeks ago. But they just cannot turn the ball over, and they should be fine. I think they're questioning why they won that game too. And the thing about college football, sometimes that happens, and you just get lucky. Uh, next game on the schedule after that is at the next important game um, is at four o'clock on CBS, which should be the game of the weekend. I think it could be the game of the season, honestly. It's not. Com- I think Alabama if, and Auburn it, locked that up it, last weekend. It's going to be a good one, though. Georgia, basically hosting, but not really. LSU and Mercedes-Benz Stadium in Atlanta. LSU seven and a half point favorites. Georgia obviously will be without. Um, wide receiver George Pickens, is that his name? Pickens? Cage. 
No. No, can we be without Cager, too, but then Pickens got suspended. Oh. Um, for a fight he started with a Georgia Tech player. Of course. Yes. Um, oh, there. yes. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, yes, yes. Ge- yeah George Pickens uh, got into a little... Um, uh, punching, yeah, a little, little scuffle in clean old fashioned hate, and it wasn't clean; it was dirty old fashioned hate. Um, on uh, it's rivalry weekend. What do you at, le- at least Ugga didn't try and bite a, a Georgia Tech player like he's done in the past, or at least a Georgia Tech yellow jacket didn't try to uh, bite Ugga. Yeah, um, that'd be entertaining to see. Sting. Shut up, um, Georgia host. Uh, basically, as I mentioned, hosting LSU. Uh, Lawrence Cager is out with an ankle injury. He was one of their best receivers this season. And George Pickens, leading uh, receiver by yards and leading receiver with touchdowns, out for the first half because of that suspension. Um, so LSU, or Georgia will be a little bit shorthanded. Of course, LSU, um, Joe Burrow, basically the Heisman winner right now. Um, that one receiver whose name is uh, escaping me is really good. Jamar Chase. Yeah, Jamar Chase. Justin Jefferson's good. Mm-hmm. Um, even uh, Moss, yeah, even Moss is Thaddeus uh, Moss is yeah, really even good. Thaddeus Moss. Clyde Edwards Elaire, just ask Alabama what he does defenses. Yeah, uh, all those guys will be in action in the first half. Georgia will be down a couple skill position players. However, they do have one real great equalizer. He's five foot nine, and he is one of the best running backs in college football. His name is DeAndre Swift. Um, we'll see what he can do to LSU's uh, LSU's defense. Jay, what's your prediction for Saturday? Last year in the regular season. Undefeated Georgia went to Baton Rouge and got boat raced. I think it was 38-20. I'm kind of expecting the same thing this year. Uh, I think LSU, you see their defense last year. In the second quarter, a stat came up on the broadcast. LSU had 384 total yards offense. Texas A&M had 22 late in the second quarter. So Dave Aranda is going to have his group ready. Grant Delpit is finally healthy. I I hated not watching him play against Ole Miss, or not watching him play healthy against Ole Miss. He just didn't look like the same. He's one of my favorite players, the best defensive back in the country. I think Dave Aranda will have his group ready to roll, um, especially against a shorthand in Georgia offense. I've got LSU pretty big in this one. May, I'm going to hit 17 probably, so 38-21 wow. LSU. I got him winning by a large margin. Joe Burrow secures the Heisman in this game. And they just they take advantage of a shorthanded Georgia offense passing game and just load the box and Jake Fromm won't be able to make a difference. Mr. Gant, your response. Yeah, I'm I'm kinda with Jay here. I think that LSU is just too good on both Both sides of the ball. ball, Really. And I think that the Tigers will just outscore Georgia and that is how a game is won, correct? <laughs> I hate to do it to the dogs, but I got Tigers big. Not so fast, my friends. Oh my god! Uh, if you want to, um, if you want to imagine that I have a jumbo-sized uh, Ticonderoga pencil in my in my hand right now, and I'm pointing it at both of them, you can. Um, Where's the headgear? <laughs> I don't have headgear. Um, not even orthodontic headgear, although I really give off the vibe of the kind of dude that has to sleep with headgear um, <laughs> in the uh, in the orthodontist sense. Um, I'm not going to say LSU doesn't win, but this game to me feels a lot like the Georgia-Alabama SEC championship in 2011, 2012, 2012 with Aaron Murray and that, you know, that last drive coming up just short um, for the Bulldogs and uh, what ended up being a closer than predicted Alabama um, SEC championship. I think LSU wins. I think... Georgia covers at seven and a half point spread just because I think that really? the, the thing is Jake Fromm isn't good when he doesn't have time, but Jake Fromm, I, I, 
LSU's pass rush is not the the best part of that defense or secondary is the best part of that defense. And I've seen teams when Georgia has one of the best offensive lines in the country. And I've Florida in theory also does Jabari Zuniga, Jonathan Grenard, a, a very vicious one, two punch there and has one of the best secondaries in the country with, um, uh, with CJ Henderson and Sean Davis and Georgia, because they managed to get that, uh, to shut down that Florida pass rush, which with what, in my opinion is the best offensive line in the country. Yeah, um, for sure. They were able to pick apart a, for a very healthy, um, very solid Florida secondary, um, or at least Jake Fromm was obviously without Cager and Pickens, the the order will be a bit tougher. But LSU, let's not forget, this is a team that allowed 400 yards rushing to um, John Rice Plumley and Ole Miss's running back a couple weeks ago. DeAndre Swift is a very dangerous running back. Sometimes he just gets two yards a carry, but he's very consistently a three and a half, three and a half, three and a half yard per carry kind of guy. And I wouldn't be surprised to see him wear down the defense early. I think LSU does walk away with a win, but I think it's closer. Uh, as Lee Corso would say, if we're continuing with that theme for this prediction, closer than the experts predict, LSU, 35-31. Well, so, you, think, you think it'll be that close? I think it will be that close. Right. Um, it, it has potential to be a game. I'm really excited to watch that one. But are you more excited to watch your who's play? Yeah, we'll go to that game. Yeah, we'll just go to go to that game next. We'll leave the... the uh, the bigger game um, for later. The streak is over. UVA finally for the third time in my lifetime, which is absolutely pathetic. Um, uh, defeats Virginia Tech, or it might not even be three times because I just no, know. No, Lee Cox told me yesterday it was the second time in 25 years. Okay, for the second time in my lifetime, uh, UVA has defeated Virginia Tech. Bryce Perkins absolutely picking apart the Virginia Tech defense for 475 of the team's 492 total yards. But apparently he's not a Heisman candidate because he, oh, I don't know, choked against Old Dominion. Um, oh, that's why. Uh, UVA going to the ACC championship. Coastal chaos is complete. Last seven years, each of the ACC Coastal's seven different teams has won the division. Virginia, its first ACC championship ever against the mighty Clemson Tigers who have not won a game by fewer than 30 points in more than a month. Uh, since that scare against North Carolina in early October, late Go September. Hills, baby, late September. Uh, uh, late, October 5th. Yeah, me. in early October. Um, Clemson very heavily favored, 28.5 point favorites right now, with an over-under of 54.5, which means I think the score is supposed to be like 38. No, it's supposed to be like 40. It's supposed to be like 40 to 10, is what Vegas is yeah. saying, essentially. Um, just kind of getting me, getting me down. But Jay, your prediction for this week. Let me just make this very clear. This game will not be close. Um, UVA, they're talented. They've got a good quarterback. They've got a decent offense. They have a Woodbury uh, alum in Terrell Jano, um, at wide receiver, starts. He's extremely talented and has great hands. But there's just no way. They struggled to get offense going against Notre Dame. And... Don't you slander the Fighting Irish, Jay. I'm going to slander the, the fight. Look what happened to them against Michigan the other week. Um, the, I just don't see a way, especially now if Bryce Hall were playing without his ankle injury, their uh, preseason All-America corner for UVA, if he was playing, I may have an, a slightly different opinion. But 28.5 seems just about right. Um, so I'm going to take 
Clemson thirty-eight, UVA ten. I, I that's a win. I, that's a win for UVA's defense. I just don't that's see. I just don't see how this game is going to be close. Wait a minute, Clemson twenty-eight and a half point favorite. You're saying UVA covers? Yes. Yes. All right, Taft. by a half a point. Yes. A win against the spread is a win against the spread. Okay. Taft get. I mean, how could you go against Clemson here? They. Oh, I'll show you. Are three in the nation, but they haven't had a game. They haven't had a close game since that Carolina game, which was in September. I have the Tigers big, maybe. Huge. Yeah. Huge. I'm going to go 40 to 24 Tigers, and that's being generous to the Cavaliers. All right. The question is. Am I allowed to pick against the team uh, that represents the school where my father that my father attended, and my brother is currently attending? And the am- answer is absolutely. I absolutely can pick against UVA here, and I'm going to. Now, good. Now, um, it's uh, it's a little sad. It's a little sad having to, you know. Wake up Saturday morning like, oh my god, I can't believe UVA beat Tech, but then have that sink uh, sink into the crushing, and I mean crushing reality, that UVA is going to get, as Jay likes to say, boat raced um, by uh, by the Clemson Tigers on Saturday. I don't think it'll be particularly close. I doubt it'll be particularly close. But I think if there's one advantage that UVA has over Clemson that not a lot of other teams have, um, that have had this season, it's that UVA can legitimately say that it has a quarterback that really stretches the defense. Sam Howell obviously did a good job of that um, against Clemson, but since then there hasn't really been a quarterback that's been a threat through the air and a threat on the ground. Um, now the concern is, of course, that uh, UVA outside of Bryce Perkins does not have, I would say doesn't have a semblance of a running game, but the reality is they just don't have a running game straight up. Outside 12 of Bryce yards Perkins. last week is not acceptable. Um, uh, Wayne Tomapapa is, is the best uh, is the best running back for Virginia, and I think he had 15 yards uh, or 12 yards of, of uh, at least rushing in that game. That being said, though, I think UVA has one of the most underrated passing games in the country. Uh, Terrell Janna is in the top 50 for receiving, as is um, as are Hasis Dubois and um, Joe Reed. Uh, both of them are very um, very good wide receivers. Terrell, obviously, a great wide receiver as well. Um, I think, obviously, uh, Simmons, the corner for Clemson, is going to have a lot linebacker. of that covered. Linebacker? Are you sure? Isaiah Simmons, the linebacker. Yeah. Oh, wow. Um, Isaiah Simmons uh, is obviously a guy who's very athletic and flex out and, and uh, guard against a lot of that. At least it's time I'm going to cover this uh, <laughs> this blunder. Um, yeah, again, not much need to watch Clemson football when they're just beating teams by 40 every week. Uh, that being said, I think UVA can maybe make it interesting for, oh, I don't know, seven minutes. Um, after that, though, I'm going to take Clemson 45, UVA 16. Do y'all know the last time a Coastal team has won the ACC championship? It was Tech in a year. In in 11? No. 12. 2010. Oh. The last time a Coastal team won the ACC championship. That was Tyrod Taylor and the Hokies. And Tech, yeah. But since then, it's been Clemson and Florida State sweeping in Charlotte. Wow. Okay. Um... We'll talk about this game because we're obliged to. The Big Ten Championship, Ohio State, Wisconsin. Um, 
I'm not gonna lie. I, I I think this game's a blowout waiting to happen. Um. Oh, Jay's got the uh, finger. Jay's got the finger wag. Okay, Jay. I'm not saying Wisconsin's gonna win, but I think it's gonna be a lot closer than people think. Um, if you watched Wisconsin play at Minnesota last week, and that blowout that Wisconsin put on Ohio on uh, Minnesota by a score of 38 to 17. They did one thing that they did not do against Ohio State. They got Jonathan Taylor going in the running game. Jonathan Taylor in that game had 18 carries, albeit 76 yards and two touchdowns. They gave him the ball. That's one thing they got away from against Ohio State. And so if they can establish a running game, especially the last regular season game was played in the rain in Columbus. This one's indoors in Lucas Oil. So the passing game should be a little bit more high-flying than the last game. If Wisconsin has to get the running game going to open up play action, because if they do not, this game is a blowout waiting to happen, like you say. But I just see a way for Wisconsin to keep themselves in the game, hold the ball on offense, run the ball, and the, the, their defense, Wisconsin's defense, is good. They've been good all year. They had a tremendous start. They didn't give up a point in the first four weeks of the season. And they're going to need to play like that again. And I think there's a way. I'm not saying they're going to win, but I say they keep it close. Well, they kept themselves in the first in the game in the first half against uh, Ohio State in the first meeting. It was 10-0 at halftime, yeah. uh, courtesy of Taft's laptop, which I'm basically cheating off of right now. Uh, Taft, what are your thoughts on this game? Last time Ohio State and Wisconsin played, J.K. Dobbins, who is a Heisman candidate for sure. He could even win it if they decide to not give it to a quarterback. He is the best running back in the nation. J.K. Dobbins rushed for 163 yards and two TDs, and the Badger, excuse me, the Buckeyes won that one, 38 to seven. I say this time Dobbins rushes for three touchdowns, and Ohio State wins the Big Ten. Shocker. By 10, 10 points, which would be Ohio State's closest game of the season, believe it or not. They beat Penn State by 28-17. That was their closest game thus far. Wow. Fun facts here on Stone Cold Sports Block. Um, I don't think Wisconsin has any chance to win this game. Um, I think Ohio State is far and away the best team, uh, far and away the best team in the Big Ten, and I think... Yeah, they're the second best team in the country. I just don't give LSU the the, the number one. The crown. SEC bias is showing right through his teeth. Well, I mean, LSU has these things called like credible wins. Well, so does Austin. Not the same. Wisconsin and Minnesota are both bizarrely overrated. Um, Penn State's very overrated. Michigan's very overrated. Lord knows. Auburn just beat Alabama. LSU beat Auburn. LSU also beat Alabama. LSU beat Florida. LSU will have beaten Georgia, so I think LSU should be number one after this week. Um, we'll obviously see what the committee says about that uh, this week, and then we'll see what happens uh, during the final rankings on Sunday. Um, yeah, Ohio State big. Uh, let's just pick a number here, totally arbitrarily. Uh, let's go Ohio State 48. No, 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 no. Sorry. Ohio State 34, Wisconsin 13. So you're saying it's not going to be like 59 nothing in 2015, 14. That is correct. Uh, okay, so quick, quick question before we go to the playoff. Yeah, what is better? What is a better week in college football? 
rivalry week or conference championship? Rivalry week, rivalry. easy. You think yes. so? La- yeah. Last week is much better than this week, yes. Because you're always because rivalry week, you have to think about what you're guaranteed. There can be really terrible SEC championships. There are really terrible SEC championships. Think about the time Alabama played Florida in back-to-back <laughs> years in the McIlwain era, and nothing mattered because Florida was so freaking terrible, but the SEC East was so terrible, too, that it didn't matter who got to that game because Alabama was a guaranteed 30-point win against them anyway. Even though one time Florida held Alabama to 29 points, and it was 29-15, and that's insane. That shouldn't happen. Uh, sorry. <laughs> but what you're guaranteed every week in rivalry, uh, rivalry season is you a are, massive amount of games. You are, yeah, first, you're guaranteed that. First. Just to start with. You're guaranteed Notre Dame-Stanford, which can which can be a really, really awesome game with implications. You're guaranteed Auburn-Alabama, which always has playoff implications, it seems. Um, you're guaranteed LSU-A&M, which, as Jimbo Fisher stays there for a while, will get very interesting. Um, you're also guaranteed uh, Florida-Florida State, which can always be a really good one. Ohio State-Michigan. Uh, I meant to mention that first. It was in my head, and I, I'm just sorry I didn't get to it. Um, what else? What for other the, for the local North Carolina people? You get North Carolina and State every year. Every year, finally the the Tar Heels flipped the switch, but it's been NC State dominant this decade. Um, and the that. most important thing you get sometimes is Boston College Pitt, and we all want Boston College Pitt. Speaking of Boston College, I for those of you who don't know, I'm an aspiring coach one day. Jay, you say that. You always meant to say Bo- aspiring defensive coordinator or aspiring coach. The audience knows. Maybe. Boston College has not had a losing record under, what was his name, Adazio, Luke yeah. Adazio? Steve. Ha- Steve Adazio. Has not had a losing record under Steve Adazio, yet they fired him on Sunday afternoon. Are you sure they never had a losing record? They always went 6-5 six and five or 6-6. Six and six, Or 7-5 six, and five or 6-6. Six and six. But then how is he perfectly 500 on a season? He's perfectly 500. Oh, because bull get? Yes. I guess. Uh, lost bowl games, I guess. Yes. What do you want in your football program, Boston College? You're not. You're never gonna go nine and three, or win the Atlantic, or do anything that more than you're doing right now. Your best moment, the best moment in your program's history, was a hail mary thirty five years ago at Miami. Jeez, that's you're, harsh. You're not. Stop. Firing coaches with winning records is not a good idea. I'm sick of it, and it's just not right. Anyways. And that is why Jim Harbaugh should be fired from Michigan. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's calm down there. So we'll talk about the playoff. Um, assuming things go the way we think will go, one, two, three, in no particular particular order, Ohio State, Clemson, LSU, obviously in no particular order because how could Clemson leapfrog either one of those teams if no, either one of them loses? No way. Um, so those are the three, but then the four spot comes down to Oklahoma – Baylor. Oklahoma, Baylor, Utah. and Utah. And Georgia. And Georgia if Georgia if Georgia wins. The thing that we were talking about uh, last night is that Georgia holds the keys to this. They have the keys to the kingdom oh, for the for second sure. year in a row. Georgia wins. Four spot. If Georgia wins and Clemson and Ohio State win, which they're both basically overwhelming favorites to do so, the door shuts. Oklahoma's hope is gone. Utah's hope is gone. Baylor's hope is gone. It doesn't matter because... The committee with LSU's quality of wins is not going to leave the Tigers out of the playoffs. I mean, they have a Heisman winning, basically, let's just call him a Heisman winning quarterback in Joe Burrow. Um, One of the best best secondaries in the country. Um, Clyde Edwards-Elay are very underrated, but very powerful running back. Um, LSU, regardless of what happens this weekend, they took care of business and thraxed A&M last week. Um, So this week, 
basically doesn't matter for LSU. It's basically just them trying to play to get number one back if they don't get it back. Unless they um, get blown out. Already. Yeah, if they lose to Georgia by 10 points or fewer than they're at. 20 even. I, I'd say Georgia would have to win. They'd have to put on like a 59 nothing statement like Ohio State did to Wisconsin to keep LSU out. Yeah. Um, meanwhile, uh, if, as we expect, Georgia does not pull out the victory, um, then we are looking at um, then we are looking at a debate between Oklahoma and Utah or Baylor in Utah. Assuming, assuming if Utah loses, they're just done. Yeah, they're yeah, just yeah. done. Um, but the winner of the Big Twelve is in contention, regardless of what else happens. And if Georgia loses, like we think they will, and Utah loses, like Luke Stone and I think they will. Taft thinks Utah will win. Um, then the winner of the Big 12 will get in because they will be the only team with only one loss out of that three. Let's let's look at it based on what we think will happen, or what the experts say will happen. Ohio State, LSU, Clemson, they're all going to win. They're in the playoff. That means that Georgia would lose and be out with two losses, and then he comes down to who who's in Utah or Oklahoma if they both win by say a score and in that case you have to put in Oklahoma because their resume is so much better than Utah Utah has only only has one top 25 win and that was against Arizona State their loss was to USC a team that just considered firing their head coach did they did they get they did not fire Clay Hall it's not official there's, it's unofficial. There's speculation but that they're going to. One top 25 win, as opposed to Oklahoma, who will, if they can beat Baylor, will have four top 25 wins. That's You have to put in Oklahoma. Any dispute? I would, say, I would say the one thing that would keep Utah in over Oklahoma in that scenario is Utah has been higher than Oklahoma all season long, even when they both had one loss. Uh, I, I wouldn't agree with having Utah ahead of Oklahoma, but in the committee's eyes, we've seen through every ranking that's come out this year that Utah has been ranked higher than Oklahoma. Uh, So that means throughout the year, they've thought Utah is better than Oklahoma. And it would be very, they would have a lot of explaining to do if they were to change, they'd have rationale to do that, but they would have to go against what they've been saying all season long about Utah being better than Oklahoma if they were to make that switch. I think that's where what Taft uh, Taft was saying is is absolutely valid because uh, I'm saying it's valid. Oregon's too. Oregon's season. I think they could rationalize the the change. You know, they'll get whatever the and who's the who's the chair of the committee now. The Oregon AD. Yeah, whoever that guy is. It's not Jeff Long anymore. I don't no. think. Um, whoever the new committee chairman is for the college football playoff will basically go on uh, on Sunday, assuming Oklahoma and Oregon both win, and Oklahoma gets in. He'll say, yeah, up until last week, Utah, or maybe maybe even tonight after the rankings come out. Um, again, we don't know how this is going to fall. We're recording on Tuesday. Um, but if Utah stays above Oklahoma, which isn't even a guarantee at this point, the explanation from uh, the explanation from the chair or from the committee is simple. All he has to say is, yeah, up until last week, Utah had a better resume. But then their season-ending win came against uh, came against a team in Oregon that was had two losses already, showed some vulnerability. Meanwhile, Baylor's only loss was to Oklahoma. It's hard to beat the same team in a season twice. Oklahoma did that. Credit to them. Uh, and that's why uh, that's why Oklahoma will probably get in over Utah. I think in all of our views, five thirty eight says if both win, 
Um, Oklahoma has a 75% chance to make the playoff. Obviously, that's with Georgia losing. Um, That is all for this episode of Stone Cold Sports Talk. Thank you for listening. We won't be back next week, probably with a college football playoff preview podcast because we don't have time uh, going into the third week of our year back together. And I don't want to do an over-the-phone podcast or Skype podcast as much fun as those are. Yes. Uh, We'll have bull predictions. Um, For the record, the Orange Bowl unofficially is going to be Florida versus Virginia and I cannot lose nothing bad can happen to me that night unless like Emory Jones tears his ACL or something which uh, we can only hope does not happen this has been episode 14 15 13 whatever it is of Stone Cold Sports Talk thanks for listening we'll see you next time